Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Wednesday, November the 29th. Coming up, more as teachers strike for another day on Sheppey. Plus, we've got reaction following Gillingham's win in League Two last night. But first, the families of David Fuller's victims are calling for the chief executive of a hospital trust in Kent to resign after an inquiry highlighted serious failings. Now, the maintenance worker was able to abuse bodies in mortuaries at the Kenton Sussex and Tunbridge Wells hospitals over a 15-year period. Chair of the inquiry, Sir Jonathan Michael, who you may have heard in yesterday's episode, has made a number of recommendations, including having CCTV installed within mortuaries and maintenance staff being accompanied. Well, Neverez Kamel's daughter, Azra, was one of Fuller's victims and she's been speaking to Sky News. Sir Jonathan has delivered. He has kept his promise. He um, has stated what he's found and his pronounce the truth. The Trust and other organisations have failed, have been failing for for decades, for 15 years in fact, and um, now we know the truth, how Fuller was allowed to abuse our loved ones. The Trust have failed. Uh, Miles Scott is presently the chief exec. He was there since the 8th of January 2018, and one would think he would have done an oversight of every area of the Trust. He has also failed. He needs to resign. You'd suggested right from the start he should resign, but he's still in the post. Yes, I spoke to him personally, one-to-one, and I suggested that, you know, instead of just having an apology letter that he had written outside the trust when this first came out, as a matter of integrity, he should resign. And he has failed to do that then, and he still fails to do that now. And I hope Victoria Atkins, the health secretary will show him the door because he obviously doesn't know where the door is. The inquiry also revealed there was little regard given to who was accessing mortuaries with Fuller visiting more than 400 times in the space of a year. Miles Scott is the Chief Executive of the Maidstone and Tunbridge Wells NHS Trust. This is what he's had to say. At the time of David Fuller's conviction, I made a heartfelt apology to the families of his victims and I'd like to repeat that apology today. I'm deeply sorry we didn't better protect their loved ones after their death. Sir Jonathan Michael's report is really wide-ranging and covers a period of over 30 years. Clearly there's some important lessons for us here. Now we've made many changes at our hospital since Fuller's offending came to light and I'm confident that our mortuary today is safe and secure. But nonetheless, we're going through the details of Sir Jonathan's report and we'll take any further actions that are required. We've supported the families of Fuller's victims in a number of ways, including a compensation scheme. And our commitment to these families is ongoing and will be open-ended. Just reiterated your apology there and kind of talked about compensation. Is that enough for these families? Are you going to consider your position? Are you going to resign? No. NHS England expect me to implement the recommendations of Jonathan's report and our local MPs, all of them, in their statement today, have made it clear that they too expect me to stay. Health Minister Maria Caulfield has apologised on behalf of the government and the NHS, saying the report made for harrowing reading. She's gone on to say that lessons will be learned. Well, Greg Clark is the MP for Tunbridge Wells. He's calling for the recommendations made in the report to be implemented at all hospitals. What it shows is that mortuaries are obviously a different sort of 
place to to the the rest of hospitals and were not supervised in the same way that you know, wards and other parts with patients are in hospitals probably based on the assumption that this was these were not public publicly accessible uh, places and therefore didn't need the same required scrutiny but what we have discovered is that when you have individuals with as vile and wicked uh, predilections as David Fuller, then will, they will abuse that, that trust uh, and prey on uh, people who were laid to rest there. Uh, and so it now establishes itself that I'm afraid we need to treat mortuaries in a secure way, just as we do the rest of hospitals. Um, and senior management um, was aware of this issue from um, uh, from 2008, I believe, and uh, they took little action. That was one of the findings. What would you like to see? What would you like to see now from um, the Maidstone and Tunbridge Wells NHS Trust? Well, the, the, the recommendations, the 27 recommendations, I think it is, that uh, Sir Jonathan Michael has made uh, should be applied immediately. They, they're going to... Uh, quite a lot of detail about you know who should be able to to access a mortuary under what conditions, uh, what security arrangements should take place. Uh, so they should be implemented there. But I think it would be it would be wrong not to require them to be implemented in every ho- other hospital in the country as well, because there's nothing unique about Maidstone and Tunbridge Wells. In fact, the inquiry reported that it was a, a high performing. Uh, hospital um, uh, in many respects. So, if if it could if it could happen there, if someone with a criminal intent of Fuller was able to deceive people there, then there's every likelihood that such a person would deceive people in other places. So, this needs to be right across the NHS uh, as well as in Maidstone and Tunbridge Wells. A second part of the inquiry is reviewing how people who've died are cared for around the country. The findings are due to be published next year. Kent Online News. Other top stories today in jurors at the trial of a mum and her former boyfriend who are accused of murdering a baby boy near Faversham have retired to consider their verdicts. Alfie Phillips was found to have 70 injuries, including broken bones, when he died in November 2020. His mum, Sean Hedges, who's 27 and from Yelver, in Devon and 35-year-old Jack Benham from High Street Road in Herne Hill deny murder. It's emerged a notorious armed robber from Thanet died after collapsing in the showers in prison. Wayne Cannon had 35 convictions for 80 previous offences when he was locked up in 2019 for raids in Margate and Westgate. Now a report has revealed the 51-year-old passed away in hospital in July last year following a heart attack. A drug dealer from Gillingham is behind bars after being spotted doing a deal on Sheppey. Police in an unmarked car spotted Jason Brown back in July. A search of his van uncovered cash, cocaine and a mobile phone. The 27-year-old from Wigmore Road has been locked up for three years and nine months. Next today, this is one of our most read stories on the website. A Kent farmer who lost almost 30 of her sheep after they were mauled by dogs says the blame should lie with the owners. Verity Garrett's flock were attacked at Eldridge Farm in Canterbury by an Alsatian 
and an Akita puppy that were left running loose. Well, Lucy joins me now because this case has ended up in court, hasn't it? Yes, so the attack happened in April this year and Verity's described it as the worst day of her career. The horrific details were retold as a man appeared before magistrates accused of being a person in charge of a dog worrying livestock. The prosecutor revealed how one ewe and 27 lambs were either killed or so badly injured they had to be put down. It took farm workers seven hours to assess all of the sheep and clean their wounds. And who was in court, Lucy? Patrick Morn, who lives at a caravan site in Well Lane in Fordwich, admitted he'd been looking after the dogs after they were abandoned by some other people who'd been living on his land. The 52-year-old said he was shocked to hear about what had happened and promised to try and compensate the farmer. He's been ordered to pay £5,000 at £200 a month. Lucy, thank you ever so much. Kent Online reports. Two prolific shoplifters have been charged as Kent Police continue their crackdown on thefts. The 39 and 44-year-old have been arrested for carrying out a string of offences against retailers in Maidstone and Tunbridge Wells. They've both been released on bail ahead of sentencing. Police investigating reports of shoplifting in Folkestone, meantime, have charged a woman. The 28-year-old who hasn't got a permanent address is accused of taking products from supermarkets over a two-month period. She's also accused of spitting at an officer. Now, part of Kent that's been plagued by traffic jams and roadworks could be getting its very own Highways Task Force. Swale Council is recommending the group be formed to monitor the road network following works on the M2, A249 and A2. The idea is that the team would provide local knowledge to government bodies and suggest traffic management plans to try and reduce the impacts of congestion during roadworks. We'd love to know what you think of this. You can comment on the story today at Kent Online. Next, and the podcast has been told, talks to try and end strike action by teachers at a school on Sheppey are progressing positively. Staff at Oasis Academy have walked out for a third day as part of a protest over student behaviour. We've previously told you how they've reported being threatened and abused. Well, Lisa and Austin both work there and have been on the picket line. I'm really pleased to say we have made a lot of progress in negotiations. I'm not going to go into details because that's between us and the Trust at the moment, Um, but we have made um, progress. There are just some things that we need to see um, immediate action on, which is safety, particularly on this site for our members. And we now have 88 members. It's doubled in the past couple of weeks. But also, more importantly, safety for our students, because they are also not safe at at the moment. I am very confident. Um, We will will go into meetings again tomorrow, and I I am confident, because we are getting onto the same page. Previously, we were miles apart. We're not miles apart now. Um, and, and we've had some really good meetings, uh, negotiation meetings with, with the leadership. The reason why I'm here is because I love these kids and I yeah. have a real affection for this island and the community. I'm not from here originally, but I'm here and I haven't taken a job down the road at an easier school because these kids deserve a great education and the majority of them are absolutely amazing. Yeah. What uh, we're talking about is a, is a small minority yeah. who threaten the safety of our staff and students and that's what we need to sort out if we want a great education for kids on this island and and ultimately that's what we're here for we're here to educate these children and we want them to go out into the big wide world and be successful human beings that's why we're here the school has campuses in minster and sheerness maria Fawcett is from the national education union she's been updating us on the current situation so negotiations have been very positive what hasn't been positive is the behavior this week and 
Our members were really shocked at how bad things were in school on Monday. You said there was a day's action last week, the day a day of action yesterday and today. There are three more planned for next week. We hope we can reach a resolution and our members really want to want management to reach out to them and rebuild trust and confidence and move forward with them being able to get back to work, students being able to get back to their learning and a significant improvement improvement in student behaviour and our members feeling safe at work. The vast majority of students are absolutely fantastic and well behaved and they don't like the poor behaviour of some of the students but certainly that some of some of the students behaviour is unacceptable be it language, be it racial abuse, sexual abuse, threats of violence or actual violence. I was told on Monday a student said they had a knife. There was no evidence of that but they were certainly saying that they did have a knife in school. Following the negotiations on Friday it was the behaviour of students particularly on this Sheerness site that our members just couldn't believe after all that progress in negotiations that the behaviour was so dreadful. I think the reps thought that actually members might vote to call off the action but it was so dreadful here on Monday members were resolute in wanting to go ahead. So we apologise to parents any disruption to students learning is regrettable however disruption is happening on a day-to-day basis to students learning. Our members care deeply about your, your children and they want to get back to work and ensure that your children can learn in a safe environment because teachers and support staff working conditions are your children's learning conditions. Well a spokesman for Oasis Academy has previously said to Kent Online that providing a high quality education for every student is always their top priority and during the industrial action they're offering online study materials to all students to try and minimise disruption. They're also offering on-campus support to students with specific needs. It goes on to say we remember remain committed to working positively with staff representatives to try and avoid any further disruption and to ensure that Oasis Academy Isle of Sheppey is a school where everybody can thrive. Kent Online reports. Business owners in Dover say taking away parking spaces in the town centre to make way for a £1.5 million bus lane would be devastating. Now plans have been announced for the one-way system on Pencester Road to be scrapped and new contraflow to be put in place instead. Roads bosses hope It'll make public transport a more appealing option, but critics say it could stop people coming to the town altogether. Aldi has pledged more than £18 million towards building new stores and upgrading old ones across Kent. The investment will see improvements to the Sittingbourne and Whitstable sites, while a new branch is due to be built in Ashford. It's thought it'll create around 1,500 jobs across the county. The Environment Secretary has been visiting a farm near Dartford to see the success of a river restoration project. Work to preserve a chalk stream in the Durant Valley started as part of a pilot scheme last year. Steve Barclay has announced another 34 landscape recovery projects across the UK. Controversial hoarding around an axed seafront development in Hythe is set to be taken down. 150 homes, a leisure centre and a hotel had been planned for Prince's Parade, but the project has been scrapped, leaving just the £300,000 hoardings behind. It's thought it'll cost around £100,000 to take them down. Now, next today, residents of a housing development in Greenhithe say a rise in service charges is extortionate as they face ongoing safety and security issues. Maintenance fees at Ingress Park have jumped by £600 in the last five years and cost apartment owners more than £3,000 a year. Despite the rise, there are still broken lifts there and a leak in the underground car park. Well, Greenhithe councillor Callie Gale has been telling us about some of the other issues. We have had fire alarms going off in the flats and people are calling an emergency number uh, which for us first port should be manning 
and no one replies. Um, so they're just going straight to the fire brigade. We still don't have a community centre. Um, we are trying to come together as a community, as you know, and there are service charge increases coming through all the time and people are not seeing the work done. What a lot of people don't know is 50% of Ingress Park is social housing. The people that live here cannot afford to keep paying out money um, to the management company First Sport and not see any results. Um, and it's just something that we've been trying to, to get to the bottom of for so many years. They're very frustrated, the residents here. They are taking to social media and they're demanding that something is done. It's, it's becoming very difficult. Uh, residents are losing heart as well. Um, they're becoming despondent. And also residents are using food banks here as well. There is a food bank um, being launched at the local school. Um, a wonderful lady, a community champion from the co-op, Lauren, is doing that. Um, so we're, we're trying to support our community in other ways. But it's unsustainable in, in a you know, cost of living crisis that these charges are coming through again and again and again and people are not seeing their buildings being repaired properly, they're not seeing things that are supposed to be done happening and they're very angry. We've also been chatting to Dartford MP Gareth Johnson who says the government is proposing a new law to address the problem. The idea is to put the power back in the hands of residents when it comes to dealing with management companies. At the moment management companies in control, residents can't change the management company that they're under very easily anyway and so they're subject to sort of inflation busting increases in the fees that they're having to pay out and not only that they're getting poor services as well and so actually what we need to do is to change the law so that residents themselves are able to determine what kind of service they get. In the new build that we have, the leasehold and freehold bill, there'll be a power in there to allow residents to change the uh, management company that they have. There'll be a mechanism for the first time in place for them to do that. Uh, that's not really available at the moment and so therefore I think that's the most crucial change here that we'll see residents being able to say no, this management company is not up to it, we want to change over to somebody else. We've delivered you know, thousands of surveys around, we've had hundreds of responses to it and remarkably 98% of people who responded to that survey have said that they do not have any faith in their management companies and they gave us all sorts of horror stories about their fees being increased at very short notice, way beyond inflation and lots and lots of examples of the poor services that they've received. So it's time to change the setup for management companies. It, the party's over for management companies if you like. You know, they have had too much licensed basically to print money more or less uh, for far too long and it's time the system changed. Kent Online News. The RSPCA is searching for a new home for a rescue dog that was kept in a cellar as a puppy. There is a husky staffy crossbreed and spent the first four months of his life in terrible conditions. Well he's described as a bouncy boy with bags of energy. His carers say they're looking to give him an active home. Meantime a former stray cat who's known for sneaking into shops and cafes 
cafes around Canterbury has now racked up hundreds of online followers. Two-year-old Griffin is also known as Sainsbury's Cat. His owners have set up a Facebook page to help his fans keep track of him. He's also been spotted at the nearby Starbucks, a nightclub, a cobbler's and once even turned up further away in Herm Bay. And residents of a village near Maidstone are banding together to try and buy their 500-year-old pub after the owner decided to sell up. The Swan on the Green in West Peckham has been a bit of a local icon after it was used to film ITV's The Larkins. The community are hoping to raise enough money through donations and government grants to put in an offer, although the sale price has not been disclosed. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham have beaten AFC Wimbledon 1-0 in a pretty dramatic game at Priestfield. The floodlights went out during a power cut in the second half and play had to be paused for around 20 minutes. However, Connor Masterson scored a late winner. Well, Jill's boss Stephen Clements spoke to reporters after the match and said he's happy with the result. She's delighted to get a victory. I know that we can play better. To be honest, I thought we'd probably play better up at Tramia. Um, but look, we've just beaten a team that beat one of the, one of the teams at the top end of the table and scored four goals against them at the weekend. They're a very good team, Wimbledon. Um, so to come away with a 1-0 victory, uh, we're really pleased. I'm really delighted to get a clean sheet. Um, so we've, we've worked hard to get to that. Um, and yeah, we can create more. We know that. Um, but we also have to respect the opposition. And remember, there's teams that are going to set out to stop us. Um, they'll see what we've done in the last number of games and they'll set out to stop it. So now it's up to us to find... Uh, Sort of different solutions to those problems when teams block us up. Satisfied with the performance overall, or is there little things you thought could have done this better? Or? I thought the lads, I thought the lads were fantastic. Um, to, to a one-nil victory in a team that's close to you in the, in the table. They were above us before tonight, um, and we've we've beaten them at home. I'm absolutely delighted with the boys because um, I remember them days myself as a player. Tight games, um, not easy, and you have to show real strength of character. And I thought to a man. They all stood up to be counted. And the subs, when they come on as well, um, obviously, uh, were, were, were great as well. Of course, the winning goal came from, from a set play. Did that please you? Must have done as we hoped. Yeah, it was, it was, it's nice to, to score from a set play. said so to the boys downstairs, it's amazing how many tight games are won by set play. So it's something that we've got to keep working on. Um, it's obviously uh, nice to bring Macaulay on. Uh, thought he'd give us a bit of presence and he, and he sets up the goal straight away. So, um, obviously... Not been easy for him either at the moment, where he's come back out of the team, but he's come on and played his part tonight. I've said that a couple of times when I've been in this room. Um, everybody's going to have to play their part if we're going to be successful. Um, but there's going to be a lot more days like that where gonna be, there's going to be tight games um, and we need um, everybody to get behind us and stay with us. And, um, and, and I'm sure we can, we can carry on winning those tight games. So as you drive home this evening, what's your overriding emotion or um, standout? thought I'm, I'm really pleased to get the victory the three points is the most important thing I know we can play better um, but uh, but I also knew before the game and I and I told the boys that um, we would have plenty of strengths uh, in, in, in their armoury as well um, so I felt the game was going to be tight um, look we went we if you could go back to the Salford game I think everything clicked into place in that second half um, but all the stuff we're working on it isn't always going to click into place so I'm asking the boys to do new things here as well um, and sometimes they're going to get it wrong but um, but they've got do you know when you try new things it's, it's okay to get it wrong the more you do it the more you practice it the better you'll become and um, 
Yeah, but I'm, the, the main the main fact is that we that we won, and I'm really I'm really pleased that we got the three points. And that victory has moved the Jules up to seventh in the League Two table. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast.